0: Good afternoon Packers fans, Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope you're all doing well. I am back from New Orleans. Had a phenomenal time over the weekend and uh, first part of this week. But here now, Wednesday afternoon, ready to get back in the mix and talk some Packers. And undoubtedly... The Aaron Rodgers trade has gone through while I was away, and we can talk about who won the trade and the aftermath. And I'm sorry, I'm being told the trade has not gone through yet, and we're all still just waiting. Um, Not a surprise, actually. Uh, I kind of figured nothing would happen while I was gone, and I kind of figure nothing will happen until the draft uh, on April 27th. So we continue to hang in a, a bit of a... Suspended state, so to speak. And I know there was a little bit, I'm going to call it news, but there was a little bit of news this week, I'm sorry, earlier this afternoon when Charles Robinson joined uh, Jason Wilde, a former friend of the program over there on ESPN Wisconsin. But uh, Charles Robinson said the Packers' asking price is a 2023 second and a 2024 guaranteed first. And they are willing to give up something, the Packers are, if Rodgers only plays one year and is one and done. The Packers are willing to give up a pick in 2025. Um, Apparently, the Jets want nothing to do with that. What's crazy is that in the midst of this interview, Robinson says that the Packers and the Jets had a deal in place. The parameters were set when the Jets flew out to California, which is what a lot of people assumed, because it'd be crazy to have Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, and the head coach and the GM and all these folks fly out there, Nathaniel Hackett, and all these folks fly out there if there hadn't been some kind of agreement in place. So apparently that was the case. But then Aaron Rodgers, what a surprise, opened up his mouth on the Pat McAfee program and talked about how he was 90% retired. And that spooked Woody Johnson. Woody Johnson, unserious individual. Uh, Apparently now is having second thoughts and misgivings and doesn't want to pay what the Packers are asking, even though apparently the framework of the deal was in place. And the Jets are out here talking about having to, or wanting to negotiate in good faith. You know, Joe Douglas down there at the owners' meetings, give me a break. So, we'll see how that all plays out. Good times, good times had by all. But right now, I want to talk about the draft. And I want to talk about some homegrown products there in Wisconsin. Specifically, and there are a few Badgers that I think could be on the Packers' radar, but specifically I wanted to talk about Keanu Benton, the defensive tackle for the Badgers, who I think could be in play on day two for Green Bay. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Sam Holman, who does the write-ups for the defensive line uh, prospects here in the Cheesehead TV Pro Football Draft Guide. Uh, Sam did a great job with all the write-ups, and Benton in particular. Uh, Keanu coming in as the 10th overall defensive lineman in the dra- on the draft guide in Sam's rankings uh, and real quick just want to give you an overview of what he said about Keanu in the general sense um, and I'm quoting Sam here an athletically gifted prospect with hammers for hands Benton showed off a nice first step and the explosive ability to beat reach blocks and generate vertical disruption though he played nose tackle in college Benton's ability to control double teams was sometimes questionable he will likely fit as a three tech at the next level uh, and Then there's pros and cons for in the run and the pass game, uh, which you can read if you get the draft guide. But I really wanted to highlight Sam talking about Benton's fit with the Packers, which reads, Benton offers an intriguing option as a three-tech player. He should be able to hold his own against base blocks, and his pass rush ability offers an injection of juice in passing situations. Benton may need to refine his power generation against double teams before he can can become an every-down player, but his disruptive ability as an upfield rusher could be weaponized on stunts and line movement to muddy up blocking schemes and create splash plays in the backfield. Ladies and gentlemen, that has Packer written all over it. That is somebody who could step in and help immediately, not have to be completely refined, but be a bit of a disruptor and setting things up for guys like Kenny Clark or Devontae Wyatt to go finish things off in the backfield... I love this kid. Um, really didn't know a whole lot about him. Didn't watch a whole lot of Badgers games this year, but I've been watching him the, kind of off and on over the past week, and I really like what I see. And then I read Sam's write-up, and I got really excited. Of course, I say all this to let you know that now that I am enamored with the young man, there is no way he becomes a Green Bay Packer. But um, I know for a long time, Ted Thompson did legitimately shy away from drafting Wisconsin products. Um, he felt he didn't want to put undue pressure on these young men and you can you know like or dislike that approach but that was a legitimate thing that Ted worried about uh Brian I think is you know not quite as strident when it comes to that idea and I hope I pray that uh, it causes him to uh make pull that trigger so to speak on day two of the NFL draft because I would love this kid to go from being a Janesville product to a Badger product to a Packer product uh, just be a great story and i think he'd really help a defensive line that well there is talent there definitely still will need some reinforcements and some depth and or rotational guys and uh, i think he could definitely fit the bill hello to everybody in the comment section so good to see everybody hope you're all doing well hope you're all behaving while i was away soders here what's up man thanks to super chat i have no words to describe the awesomeness that is aaron jones Loved Aaron Jones' answer at the kickoff for the tailgate tour regarding his, quote, pay cut, which, in his words, he didn't see as a pay cut. He's still making $11 million, which is more than he's ever made. Um, and he wanted to help the team, you know, do what it needed to do financially. Could have very well held firm. He Love the idea that he wanted to work with the team to help them out. Yes, as I've said many times, Aaron Jones carries the G. No question about it. Juan Garcia, thanks for the super chat. Rich Eisen sounds delusional. Go pack, go. He's a Jets fan, of course. He sounds delusional. You'd be delusional too if you had the longest postseason drought in the league. Those are just facts. They cause men and women and fans in general to lose their senses. Which, let's face it, the Jets fans did long, long time ago. So, of course, Rich does. That's quite all right. Uh, what else we got here, folks? Do I watch Ted Lasso? If yes, do you think Zava is AR-12? Cody, I do watch Ted Lasso. And, no, I've had a lot of people kind of make that comparison. And I think it's apt. I think there are similarities. But it's very clear that he's Zaltan, um, the former uh, world footballer. uh, Ibrahimovic, I think is how you say his last name. Um, You know, when he joined, when he left – the premier league and joined uh, major league soccer. I think it was the team out in LA. He literally took out a full page ad and s- to Los Angeles and said, you're welcome because he chose to play there. Yeah. That's, that's who that is. Uh, Good afternoon, Aaron, Aaron from Oregon. What's up, John? The pack will surprise a bunch of people. Go pack. Go Aaron Jones is class. Yeah, I think the Packers will surprise people. I'm you know, i not going to sit here and tell you that I think they're going to go on some championship run. I think that's a, probably a year or maybe two away. But I do think there are a lot of people who think the Packers are going to be terrible. Like They're just going to fold and just be awful, and I just do not see that. Now, will it be a bit difficult? Will there be growing pains along the way, kind of a new way of working, new quarterback obviously, some new ways of trying to make things happen on offense? Yes, and I do think some of that's going to be tough. But I'm not sitting here thinking they're going to be like a four- or five-win football team. And I know that's the popular theory among some subset of the uh, national media and even within some subsets of the Packer fandom, which is kind of funny to me. But, yeah, you know, who knows? Yeah, maybe maybe they will shock the world and go on some deep playoff run. But I think what I suspect is they will be in the mix, you know? Things got to go your way every once in a while. You got to get the ball bounce your way a couple times. Um, I would suspect they'll be in the mix down in December, and we'll see what happens there. That is my guess. Young Feezy Baby, thanks to Super Chat. The Bach interview was interesting, eh? I thought it was unvarnished, and it was great to hear Dave's true thoughts. You know, people punish athletes when they don't talk, and then when they do talk, they punish them twice as much. I didn't think anything Dave said was out of bounds. I know people took issue with the fact that he called the Packers they, and he said they could stink, and things like that. But what I'm just talking about, that's the perception outside the room. I mean, hell, you cannot go to a Vegas book right now and find anything other than the Packers picked to finish last in the division. You know, I I think that's just a pervasive sentiment around the league and the people watching the league. And I don't think Dave's telling any tales out of school when he talks about that perception. You know? And the idea that, oh, he said they instead of us or whatever, it's almost like he understands that it's a business. You know? Look, I... I know people want everyone to be rah rah and cheerio, and that's great. I understand it, but man, Dave's a sh- Dave's a Ronin at this point. He's got one more year on this contract, and who knows what happens after that? I know he's broached the idea of retirement. He's at the back part of his career. You know, I don't. I don't think anyone should be under any illusions that he's sitting here thinking, "Oh, we're gonna make some deep playoff push." You know, the idea that. Oh my gosh! He may have actually told the truth, and people clutch their pearls is just hilarious to me. Juan, thanks again, buddy. Uh, J Lo can run the floor's twenty nineteen offense. Give thirty three the ball. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see if that's uh, the route they go. I think we'll see them run it at a fair clip. But I also think you know Matt likes to throw the ball. He wants to try and kind of push the envelope. I don't think that's all Rodgers. So um, I think it'll be a mix. I think we'll see a little bit more motion. Uh, that, I have zero doubt, but how much and to what end, uh, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Do I think Jordan Love will be the Green Bay Packers starter five years from now? Good question, sideline. Um, yeah, right now, sitting here today, yes, I do. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, things have to play out, but the way he's developed every year that he's been in the league, the flashes that we've seen, the promise that we saw in that Philadelphia game, not much more that I need to see to say, I think he can be a starter in the league. Now, successful starter, there's a lot of things that will be outside his control that will, you know, help kind of dictate wins and losses. And if you're not the head of a winning football program for a very long, you know, over the course of several years in a row, or even several years in general, oftentimes you're kicked to the curb or perceived to be the problem. And that could be the case for Jordan. So not sitting here saying it's a lock or anything like that. But I do think given the perception or given the development that we've seen from the young man over the course of his first three years, yeah, I have a pretty good feeling about it. We'll see. Who knows? I mean, by the time the middle of the season rolls around, they could have seen enough and signed him to a long-term extension at that point. And that's what happened with Rogers. You know, he started, I think, six games before he got, you know, his long-term, first long-term extension. That could be the case with Jordan as well. Uh, J.C. Treader indicating that the Packers are, in fact, not a Bond villain-level organization. I mean, how does this myth keep getting perpetrated? Yeah, I really appreciated Kalen's piece in The Athletic regarding the NFLPA survey and the grades. You know, and J.C. indicating, you know, he went from one organization to another, and it was a bit of a shock, you know. That's always kind of been my thing when Rodgers talks about the way the packers operate or some, you know, or when anybody kind of tries to throw dirt on the packers after they leave. And it's like, okay, Aaron, I understand you have misgivings about the way they've done things or what have you, but you don't know anything else. You've literally been in Green Bay for 18 years. The grass is not always greener. And I always point to this because it's the clearest example of what I'm talking about. Randall Cobb literally compared it to getting out of prison when he left Houston to come back to Green Bay. You know, obviously that's, you know, a bit overstated. He's dramatic effect, what have you. But it's, you know, the reality of the situation for the player is that he went from hell to heaven. You know, so I understand, again, the misgivings or maybe a quibble with how the Packers operate in any sense, right? But this idea that there's some horrible franchise when, in fact, they are one of the best-run operations in the league. And that's just, you know, having covered the league for a while and then gone and covered Green Bay specifically for a few years and now kind of being in the mix of seeing what the NFL is like in other cities and what have you, yeah, the Packers are pretty damn good at what they do as a franchise. And uh, I do think some players who only know Green Bay and then go other places Sometimes can be in for a rude awakening. Now that's not every time. Of course some guys go other places and it's great. I think the Lindsleys are loving it out in California. You know, I don't don't think they have any problems out there. But that's not always the case. Sometimes you go to another organization and go, oh God, I miss Green Bay. And I think that happens more often than not. Uh, hey next, thanks for what you do. Hope New Orleans was fun. Mark. Oh baby, let me tell you. New Orleans was magical. I had an absolute ball. When I was there covering the Super Bowl, whatever it was, six, seven years ago, um, I had a good time. This time, I didn't want to leave. It was absolutely wonderful. Now, I do think some of that is because I was with my girlfriend who's from New Orleans, and she really showed me around, showed a lot of stuff that was maybe not quite off the beaten path, but stuff that, you know, maybe that wasn't as touristy as other things. But, man, it was, I had a ball. I had a great time. Uh, The wedding itself, uh, the whole weekend, uh, just the bars, the quarter, the vibe. It's really magical. I had a great time. No question about it. Oh, and hey, I want to give a shout out. I think it's Marty was the name. This is true. Coming back the night of the wedding, we were walking in the quarter. We had gone for a drink afterwards, and then we were walking up some, not a really heavily populated street. Um... We were going back to the hotel, and all of a sudden I hear, Nagler, a lot of ball game left. And I turn around, and it's a gentleman, and I kind of looked at his face. I was thinking, do I know you? He's like, I'm just a fan, just wanted to say hi, and I asked his name, and I think it was Marty. Uh, Shout out, man. Thanks for saying hello. That was awesome. That was really cool of you to say hi. Uh, It was great to see you. Um, Funny, my girlfriend said that I must have paid you to do that. Um, But, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for saying hello. It was really cool. Packers fans, they're everywhere. Coach, thanks for the super chat. Frenchman Street, greater than Bourbon Street, great vibes. Oh, it's so, Bourbon Street is so funny because when I was there covering the Super Bowl, I had a ball on Bourbon Street. I was there often throughout the week. Um, but that was, like I said, a while ago. This past weekend I didn't I don't think I I crossed Bourbon Street, but I didn't want anything to do with it. That's man. I don't know if I've grown up, matured, what have you, but man, that is that is that is not for that's for the you kids. You have a good time, but uh, I had lots of fun at other places like uh, Pat O'Donnell's was fun. Joe, thanks for the super chat. If Pack are going to sign a vet wide receiver, why not Cobb? Why not? Indeed, I think it's a possibility. Actually, I think the longer he sits out there, um, I think there's no doubt that it's a possibility. Now, do I think it's likely? No. Uh, I do think he'll probably end up in New York with Aaron, but you never know. Uh, But um, maybe uh, he ends up back in green Bay, but I, I would be surprised. Mm. Am I going to Wills in Lincoln park anytime soon? I'm moving in about a block away in three weeks. Kevin love Wills. Great spot. Spent the evening before the NFC championship game there uh, back in 2010 with Corey and company. Um, Not anytime soon that I have planned, but if I am going to Chicago or Wills, I will certainly let everyone know. No question about it. Love that area. Love that place. Wills is great. Um, What else we got, folks? For a guy who takes a lot of pride in his mental toughness, Roger sure gets testy with any slight to his ego. Carl, I think that's what makes him great, though. You know, I... I think that's always been the way, and I think, you know, a lot of greats are like that. Joe Montana was like that. Michael Jordan's like that. You know, I, you know, you can say, yeah, okay, maybe someone, quote, bruises his ego or whatever, but, man, they use that as motivation. They use that as fuel, and I suspect, and I've been saying this quite a bit this off season that all of the noise around Rodgers leaving Green Bay and the, for him, somewhat down year he had last year and the doubts about his game and all of that. I think we'll drive him, and I think we'll see a rejuvenated Rodgers. I think we're going to see the type of performance out of Aaron Rodgers that we saw out of Brett Favre his first year in Minnesota. you know. And, hell, even his year in New York, his one season with the Jets, prior to his getting injured, he was playing damn well. But I do think we'll see a really motivated version of Aaron Rodgers, and I do suspect, yeah, he'll put up some numbers, and he'll play much like I said, like Brett Favre in that first year in Minnesota. Uh, I, I think this is a guy who he's always been like that. He's always thrived on the doubts and taking slights, whether real or perceived, and using them. So, yeah, you can say it's a, you know his ego thing or whatever, and that may be true, but it's worked for him. And it's part of what makes him great and has made him great and has willed him to become one of the best at what he does in the entire world. Hell, it's what has helped him win four MVPs, you know? So, yeah, it's, it can be maybe frustrating if you're following along on a day-to-day basis media-wise. And I understand we all consume this content and we see quotes from him all the time, and I get all that, but it's made him great. No doubt about it. Can't deny it. Legless has a question. Here we go. We got a fucking football question here from Legless. Thank you, sir. Who's starting at right tackle next year? Well, right now, I think it's Yash. Um, And I know he hasn't signed his tender yet, but I'm pretty sure the Packers are expecting him to. I don't think anyone's going to give up a second-round pick for him, although stranger things have happened. But right now, yeah, I think it's most likely Yash. Now, that said, it would not surprise me, and I was just talking about this on the radio, it would not surprise me at all if they took a tackle at 15, especially considering David Bakhtiari heading into the final year of his deal, getting up there, wouldn't surprise me at all if they took somebody who they thought could play right tackle this year and then slide over to left tackle next the season after when David's contract is up. None of that would surprise me. Now, you know, could it be Zach Tom? He could be out there. He played there and played well last season. I think there are a lot of balls in the air. But right now I would pencil in Yash, depending on what happens in the draft. Carl, thanks again, bud. It seems like the best player available at pick 15 could be very helpful no matter what side of the ball he's on. Very much agreed. As we were just talking about, I think a tackle could slide in and be an instant starter. I think an edge rusher could certainly help. I think there's no doubt about the fact that they will be looking at edge at 15. Given Rashawn Gary's situation, he's not going to be ready for the start of the year. You're going to need someone to kind of help alongside Enik and Preston Smith and get that rotation deeper. No doubt about it. I think edge is definitely in play there. And I think corner is probably in play. And I think there's a number of players who could step in and help right away. And I know tight end keeps getting mocked to the Packers at 15. I think possibly of Washington from Georgia is available. Maybe they take that flyer, but I think he's the only one who makes any kind of sense. And um, I had thought maybe Kincaid might be a possibility though. I doubt it. And I know there was reports today that he is medically cleared and set to visit the Packers soon, maybe next week. Um, but I'll be surprised if they take him or Michael Mayer. Um, I think they'll probably wait on tight end till day two. But never say never. Uh, Flambeau, thanks for the Super Chat. Is Chelsea cooked? Also, if I'm Goody, I'm asking Rodgers if he wants to go anywhere else because the Jets are being stingy. I don't think that second question is out of the realm of possibility at all. Now, it's going to take Aaron Rodgers picking up a phone. But, yes, I would 100%. Expect Gutekunst to have that conversation at some point. Now, that doesn't mean Rodgers is going to acquiesce or deal with it, but I think Goody could at least make the call. Um, as for Chelsea, oh, baby. Look, I ain't abandoning ship. You know, I'm a Chelsea fan. I'm going to stay a Chelsea fan, though it's really rough sailing right now. There's no doubt about it. They look so bad today, and they have looked bad in the recent past. Um yeah. Frank Lampard, obviously an uninspired choice to be the steward here as they finish off the Premier League season and whatever's left of their champions league run. But man, look, they just have to make the right hire when it comes to the manager. I'm not holding my breath, but there are a number of candidates that I like. We'll see. We'll see. They've got the talent. I just want somebody who can fucking finish. They have so many creative guys who, you know, are really talented, but just have no killer instinct in front of the net, and that's what's killing me. If you saw it again today; it drives me nuts. Um, any of the tackles from last year's class could be a surprise at right tackle. Um, are you talking about like who are on the Packers that they drafted? Whether it's like uh, Ryan or Tom, I think there's a possibility. Um, look, Ryan's a great unknown at this point. I mean, talk about a red shirt rookie year. Um, couldn't really get on the field with the ones in training camp. And then he had the six game suspension to end the season. Never really saw anything from the young man. So I liked him coming out. Maybe he can rebound and have a strong sophomore effort and get in that mix at right tackle. Though I don't remember him getting utilized there much at all in camp last summer. So we'll see. Craig, thanks for super chat. Who do you think the Packers take as a backup to Love? I don't know specifically. I'm not going to pretend like I do, but I think there's a very good chance that they draft somebody on day two. Um, Now, we'll see what the picks shake out like after the trade with the Jets, presumably, Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they used a third-rounder on a quarterback, maybe even a second-rounder, though I doubt it. Um, Definitely probably take one on day three as well. Can never have too many. I think that makes a lot more sense than signing some – Old vet. Uh, you guys are going to get Nagelsman. I'm going to be pissed. Here's hoping, man. Any word on Stokes' recovery? Good question, Universal Truth. Nothing beyond what Brian kind of intimated, or I think, no, sorry, it was Matt intimated at the uh, owners' meetings. You know, Rasul sticking outside. Sounds like, you know, Stokes won't be ready for training camp, but that's about all we got. No real idea where he is quite yet. We haven't seen any interviews with him, haven't heard from him, so hopefully we'll start to get some of that information when they report for the off-season program starting April 17th. Um, they'll undoubtedly have guys available then. Maybe Stokes gets to talk. Who knows? Maybe Brian or Matt offer up a little bit more information then. But right now, there's not too much, as far as concrete information goes, about where he's at. Um, what else we got, folks? What else we got next? Does it matter what round a player is taking in? No, I don't care. I mean, I know a lot of people do, and people expect things from guys who are taken in this round as opposed to that round, but to me, and Matt LaFleur himself has said this, I don't care what you did and where you come from. What I care about is what you do when you're here. What I care about is what you do when that G is on your helmet. The moment you step on the grass at Ray Field, I care. And I care about what you do there. I don't care where you come from. I don't care if you're an undrafted free agent. I don't care if you're a first-round pick. I care about what you do for the Green Bay Packers. That's just me. It's just something I'm into. All right, everybody. I got to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out and talking Packers with me each and every day, Monday through Friday. So good to be back. And a reminder, the Cheesehead TV 2023 Pro Football Draft Guide is available now. You can get the draft guide at the link below. Information is right here on the video in the information section right below the bio. There you go. Check it out. Thanks to everybody who contributed and everybody who has already purchased the draft guide. It's been incredible. The uh, response has been nuts. And look, I know people are probably sitting here going, oh, it's just information about the draft prospects. And that is a component of it and a pretty major one, no doubt about it. But there is tons of other stuff, tons of other content. It's really worth uh, the $15 that you pay for it. Incredible feature articles, Packers trivia, tons of fun stuff. Make sure you get the draft guide plenty of time before April 27th um, to get boned up on all these dudes. Um, Yeah, it's, it's an incredible, incredible piece of content. And I tout it so highly because I am so minimally involved. That's what makes it great. All right, everybody can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day. Please do me a monster favor, hit like on this video, subscribe to the channel and then tell your friends and tell your family Cheesehead TV. We are devoted to green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go, Pac-Go.